Today on the Inside Scoop, Miami and Auburn battle over a top 50 defensive lineman that commits on Saturday. We grade the Gators' 2024 recruiting class. But first, it's five-star defensive lineman Williams Winery, the number one defensive lineman in America. He committed to in-state Missouri on Monday over Oklahoma, Georgia, and Tennessee. Now, this one looked like it was the Sooners to lose pretty much the entire offseason. And then that's exactly what happened on Monday. They lost him when Williams Winery announces the news in a packed gymnasium at his high school. Boy, let's bring on Josh McQuistian of Soonerscoop.com. Josh, I don't need to go to your website and ask Sooner fans. I just want to ask you, how big of a blow was this to lose out on Williams Winery? Oh, it's brutal. I mean, you know, you look at it and with what you let in with. I mean, there's no question that Oklahoma was the perceived leader for the vast majority of the last year. And he even acknowledged it when he talked to Chad Simmons, that that was the school he had been leaning to for quite some time. And for Oklahoma to kind of stumble at the end, I, you know, we, we talked recently, Josh, and this felt like something like the David Hicks scenario, where it just kind of, why couldn't they quite get it across the finish line? And there's, there's a variety of reasons for that, but absolutely. This is a big hurt for Oklahoma. And, it's one of those things where OU fans start to worry there's a narrative. You know, oh, this is just going to keep happening. And, and with all that Oklahoma still has on the table, I think it, it bears um, – there's going to be concern until they kind of close one of these. All right, Oklahoma fans, like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. We just passed 100K. We're really excited, so hit that subscribe button. All right, let's take a look. At what is next on the defensive line? We got a graphic here. Edge Danny Okoye, Edge Zena Umazulu, defensive lineman Dominic McKinley, a five-star, another five-star defensive lineman in David Stone. And then you got top 100 defensive lineman Nigel Smith. Start at the top here with Danny Okoye, 6'4, 240 pounds out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Josh, it seems like he's closing in on a decision. Do you think Oklahoma is the favorite here is kind of we're in the end of summer? I think they are. And I know there's a lot of uh, belief in Tennessee. And I think that's a completely possible choice. I don't want to write that off as, as uh, foolish or anything like that because that could be the call. But with Oklahoma, I think he he's always had a lot of affinity for OU. Dating back over a year, back last summer when Oklahoma was really heavily involved, Things kind of fell off um, for a variety of reasons. And I think um, as the spring has worn on, he's warmed up a lot again to Oklahoma, really has a good relationship with Miguel Chavis. And I think the, um, you know, the chance to be the kind of the home state hero kind of means something to Danny. He's um, he's a guy that uh, anybody that follows him or talks to him knows he, he likes being in the limelight. He likes having that the big stage. So I, I think that is something that appeals to him. Um, again, I, I think there's several possibilities that, that make sense. But if you force me to pick right now, I would say Oklahoma probably ends up with it. And I think what's interesting is as you see him setting up his official visit to Oklahoma, mm -hmm. he's also starting to talk about moving up his timeline. Right, exactly. And, and it does seem like this summer has gone in Oklahoma's favor for Okoye. Now let's move on to the other edge on this list. Zena Umio Zulu, 6'4", 221 pounds out of Allen, Texas. Now his brother plays at Texas. So Josh, do, do the Sooners have a shot here? 
it's hard to see it. I mean, I'd love to tell OU fans that this is going to go their way, but this is kind of like what his brother Neto did, where it seemed like Oklahoma was involved, involved, and then at the end, it just the rug got pulled out from them, and it was Texas. So I, I think this is probably going to be what we almost always see with two brothers. They end up going to the same place, and that's what I expect from Zena as well. All right. Now, Dominic McKinley, the five-star defensive lineman, the number one player in the state of Louisiana. He's 6'5", 280. And he has set a decision date for September 1. So we're creeping up on it, Josh. It looks like OU, Ohio State, A&M, Texas, LSU, those are kind of the main contenders. But what's your read on his recruitment? It feels a little like this could be a a strictly out-of-state battle with Texas, Oklahoma, and Ohio State kind of having some of the buzz right now. Now, again, I say it every time with him, LSU, you just can't rule them out. I mean, we we know how it is to go into Louisiana and and win big-time guys. Um, as, you know, and I know Texas A&M, there's been some buzz as well, but the, the first three, Texas, I know there's a lot of appeal to their education with Oklahoma. I think the sole mission and all they do with, uh, off the field and internships and a lot of the things that Brent Venables brought over with him from Clemson. I think that resonates with his mother a lot. Um, and then obviously Ohio state, Larry Johnson's track record is just impossible to ignore. So um, I think they're, those are the three that I think are most likely. I would guess it comes down to Oklahoma and Texas just because I'm not sure I see him getting that far from home. But it does sound like maybe there is some appeal for him to, you know, stretch out a little bit and maybe, maybe get outside of state lines. All right. Now everybody wants to talk about the next five-star on this list, and that's David Stone. A lot of OU fans have already penciled him into the 2024 class, but he hasn't made his decision. He'll do it in about 10 days from now. Who do you consider the Sooners' biggest competition for David Stone? I know forever Michigan State was kind of the one that people pointed to, and I know there was even some belief at various points that he was about to decide or pull the trigger. I, I admit, I was always skeptical about that. Now, the Miami situation, I think that has – there's some plausibility there. I can buy that because I know there are some members of his family that have talked about wanting, you know, maybe moving with him wherever he goes. And if it's Miami, obviously that's very appealing to a lot of people. So that is one I can I can find some answer in. I can see how that could play out. I still think Oklahoma is really tough to beat here. There's a relationship there that's just unparalleled. Uh, he's been to Oklahoma – we, we can't even keep track of the times. It's somewhere around 30 times in the last year and a half. That's that's pretty hard to imagine a guy doing that, spending all that time, and then you know watching his good friends, Jaden Jackson, Michael Patterson, McDonald in the 2024 class, pick Oklahoma, and then he's going to go to Miami. I, again, it's not impossible, but it, it's kind of tough for me to reason that out. Yeah, it seems that way. And I just wanted to see who you thought was the Sooners' biggest competition. Let's move on. Another talented defensive lineman on this list, Nigel Smith, top 100 prospect, 6'4", 265 out of Melissa, Texas. His recruitment, though, has gone a little quiet this summer. What's your read on where things stand and when he could uh, potentially decide? It's the least surprising news ever that Nigel Smith has kind of gone quiet. I mean, he is just such a reserved dude, very, very low key. But at the same time, I think he's always been pretty clear um, that Oklahoma was a big, a big piece of his recruitment. I think he's got, again, I keep talking about relationships. And I know that's just something Oklahoma harps on a lot. And I know it's something they've worked to build with a lot of these guys. Um, but with Nigel, it feels like an OU and A&M battle to me. That, that's kind of where that's coming down. I know A&M got the last visit. He went at their, uh, their summer kind of pool party event. And from everything I was told, that went really well. So 
I don't think Oklahoma's a shoe in here. Um, I definitely think A&M could come in and pull a late steal. Again, we, you know, we've talked about it before, Josh. The the David Hicks element will live in OU fans. That, you know, that, that will live rent-free in their brain for a long time. So this is a big win that OU needs to get. Being a guy that, frankly, I mean, I know for people that don't follow Texas recruiting, He's closer to Norman than he is College Station and where he lives. So he may be a Texas guy, but there's still the proximity thing's a little bit interesting. Um, I, again, I, I like where Oklahoma is. They'd be my pick right now for him. And I just think they've kind of got to weather this storm. And, you know, in, with him deciding on September 8th, if Oklahoma already has David Stone in the boat at that point, if they were somehow to get Dominic McKinley, maybe you build some momentum and that choice becomes even easier for Nigel Smith. Well, despite the williams Winery news, you still seem pretty optimistic about Oklahoma defensive line recruiting. Would you say you feel good about three out of these five, four out of these five? Where are you sitting? I feel pretty good about Smith, Okoye, and Stone. I think those are three that you – you know, again, with the recruiting, you don't want to bet on anything after what we saw happen yesterday. But at the same time, I don't think there's any question that Oklahoma has a reason to believe they can land all of these players. So Dominic McKinley, I think, is at best a coin flip. It's it's certainly possible, but there are there are longer odds there. And Zeno Umiazulu, I just I that's kind of one of those things I can't make myself believe. Nah, that's understandable, but. Is David Stone a must-get for Oklahoma in 2024? I think he absolutely is. You, you don't get uh, – you know, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years, Josh, and there have been two five-star defensive tackles to come out of the state of Oklahoma. One was Gerald McCoy, and now it's David Stone. And I know, you know, obviously being at IMG Academy, it's a little bit different. But when those guys come along from a state like Oklahoma, you have got to close the deal. That You just have to. And I think if you land Williams Venary – it takes some of that pressure off, you know, because you've got your elite kind of bell cow guy. But now it's David Stone. He has to be that guy. You've got to get him in the class. And you kind of along the lines of what you asked me, you know, is, um, you know, if somebody was asking as far as NIL went and, you know, hey, can Oklahoma afford David Stone? I don't think they can afford to lose him. So that, that's kind of the way I look at that. They That's a win that they absolutely have to find a way to get. All right, Josh. Well, thank you for stopping by the Inside Scoop. Going to be a busy 10 days on Soonerscoop.com. I'm sure you guys will have all the intel on David Stone as the date approaches. Thanks for dropping by the Inside Scoop today. Absolutely, Josh. Anytime. The Gators landed their 22nd commitment of the 2024 cycle on Monday by landing elite cornerback Wardell Mack out of Louisiana. Let's bring on Corey Bender of Gators Online. Now, Corey, I'm going to talk to you about how you would grade the Gators 24 class in a minute. But first, we got to talk about a few battles UF is still in in the 24 cycle. Let's go down first to IMG Academy, where four-star offensive tackle Jordan Seaton, the number two ranked OT in the country. Now, he's been taking his time, but this week his recruitment sort of started to come into focus when he dropped six official visits. Hey, the rules are the rules. You might as well take advantage of them. He's already taken one summer trip to Alabama, but he announced that he's going to go to see LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Oregon, South Carolina, and UF. Now, I want to know where the Gators stand, but first, how important is Jordan Seaton to this class for UF? 
I would say definitely pretty important. I say that because Florida has a pretty good offensive line class to begin with. I think Fletcher Westfall, he's kind of the headliner as a blue chip guy in the on 300. But I feel like they kind of could use another really signature piece along the offensive line class. And when you look at Seton's ranking, he's number two ranked offensive tackle. I mean, that alone speaks volumes. But I think it's a kid that could probably play inside as well. I think there's some versatility. And, you know, and it's also another IMG kid. I feel like since Billy Napier got to Florida, he's kind of really changed the picture when it comes to Florida's involvement at IMG. But all in all, I think they could definitely use another, you know, another signature piece along the offensive line. And, you know, adding a guy like Seaton would be massive for this class and for Billy Napier's staff. So you see the visits. He's already taken the one to Alabama, but he has six left. Where do you feel the Gators stand in his recruitment right now? So when I spoke to Jordan in the spring, it was like late May, I went to a spring game. When I got done speaking with him, I got the vibe that it was Alabama and Florida, just the way his face lit up about both programs. And at the time, he talked about taking OVs to Florida and Alabama over the summer. Like you said, Josh, Alabama's the only school that got him on campus. But I've always – I recently put him in Florida's mock class about a month ago, and I say that because, you know, proximity with him being in Bradenton – um, you know, an IMG schedule, they can't really travel as much, too. And that's the interesting part. You know, with them having all these unlimited OVs, IMG schedule is very tricky to work around. And it's not often when they can get out to college campuses. Maybe this year is a little bit different and they kind of open it up a little bit. But I think Florida's definitely in the, probably that top three range for him. I think you kind of have to give Alabama the edge right now just because they got him on campus over the summer. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, with Nick Saban's program, I mean, Obviously, everything speaks for itself. So I think Florida, they're definitely right there, probably in the top three range. But it definitely gets a little bit more confusing with all those OVs. And I was talking to Keith Niebuhr, obviously my coworker at Gears Online. And it kind of, you know, if he, if it was the normal five official visit slate, I'd probably be even more confident in Florida. But I think if you're anyone tracking his recruitment, you just have to say right now it's a wait and see with him. Because, you know, with over five official visits scheduled for the fall, a lot can happen. Yeah. All right. Let's stay in the state of Florida. Go over to the East Coast, Daytona Beach, mainland. That's where safety Zay Mincy's at, one of the top DBs in the state of Florida. Actually, on three has him as a top 50 player overall. And rumors were swirling all weekend that maybe he was going to make a commitment to Miami. It didn't happen. So what's your read on his recruitment as it stands right now? Let me set the scene. Summer is coming to an end. You've spent the last two months on the beach, and the first weekend of college football is right around the corner, and you don't have tickets. It sounds like a nightmare, but don't let this be the way that you start your season. That's why I'm here to tell you about game time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the big-time matchups. Game time will get you to this year's biggest college football games with elite deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee. Don't stress over getting your favorite team season opener or the biggest rivalry game of the year. There's only so many big games and you need to get these tickets at the best prices. That's why game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. We know we're terrible at that. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets on all the sports and entertainment events. You can even use this for concerts. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So here's what you're going to do. Snag the tickets without stress with game time. I need you to download the game time app, create an account, and use promo code INSIDESCOOP for $20 off your first purchase. 
create an account and use promo code inside scoop for $20 off. Go download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, I think right now it's another recruitment that's pretty unpredictable. I think there's, I don't think there's anyone that really has a true idea of what he's going to do. He's a fairly well-reserved kid. Florida's been the most consistent. I put in a prediction several months ago, and a lot of that had to do with, you know, him not really traveling out of state as much. He's been to Florida many, more than any other school. But as it's gotten closer to the start of the season, like you said, Miami is kind of surfaces in their school for him. You got Florida State. I don't believe they're recruiting as hard as probably Florida and Miami. And then you also have a school like Alabama. So I think right now, you know, Florida and Miami are the schools I'm, men- I'm monitoring mm-hmm. the most. A little bit more with Florida right now just because they've been the most consistent. But there definitely has been a little bit of Miami buzz as of late. I think they definitely closed ground on Florida a little bit. But I think as of today, I like where Florida stands the most. But, you know, as the fall unwinds, he takes visits. I think that could definitely change. But I think Florida fans just have to be patient here. And, you know, they're still definitely in a very good spot for Zay Mincy. Yeah, and we'll see what happens over the next couple weeks. Still time for him to make a summer decision, but his teammate LJ McRae, the six foot five, two hundred and forty pound defensive lineman, he is making an October, most likely an October decision, sometime in the fall. It seemed like an in-state battle with FSU, but then Georgia gets involved late in July. What do you think is going on right now with LJ McRae and where the Gators stand? Yeah, I think it's kind of similar to Zay Mincy. I think it's a kid that likes a lot of different schools. You know, a good three or four, but it's very tough on him, really trying to find that separator between that one and the other other few. I think right now, Florida, Florida State, and Georgia, Josh, like you mentioned, I think those are the schools that I'm focused on the most. You know, Miami and Auburn, you know, they are part of his official visit plans as well. But for much of this year, Florida and Florida State have been the schools buzzing the most. And, you know, once Georgia gets a kid on campus, especially a nationally ranked kid like that, that's a school can get a kid on campus just once and everything changes. But I think right now the one thing to keep an eye on is the Florida State OV in October. Um, like I said earlier in the year, F- I always was giving FSU the slight edge. They've, there's always been a certain connection with that staff. And, you know, all his other OVs, he got to spend time with the staff. For this OV, it's going to be a game day environment. You know, Tallahassee's going to be rocking. And that can make a lasting impression on his recruitment, depending on if they win or lose that game. So it's a very tough recruitment. I like Georgia, Florida, and Florida State. But the Seminoles are positioned pretty well right now, just based off they're the ones that had to kind of wait to get an OV. But usually you would say that that could hurt a school if they, they don't get an OV in the summer nowadays. But they actually could end up paying, you know, making a big factor with them and you know being a big deal for them. Yeah. All right. Well, we can't talk Gator recruiting in the summer if we don't bring up Jeremiah Smith, the number one ranked wide receiver in the country, committed to Ohio State. Heading into the summer, there was some buzz around the Gators. He took that early June official visit. And from there, really, you know, there was no visit high that wore off. I mean, Jeremiah Smith has remained in contact with UF, and they seem like they have a possibility to flip him down the road. He said that he's going to make a quote-unquote final decision in December, even though he's committed to Ohio State, it's still going to come down to a final decision. What do you think about where the Gators stand with Jeremiah Smith as we kind of head out of summer here? It's yeah. So I think with Florida among the in-state schools, I think what really helped Florida was having DJ Lagway on board, having Mm -hmm. that five-star quarterback. I think all receivers, when you're a generational talent like Jeremiah Smith, I mean, it's more of a business decision. I mean, this is how it is. And you have a quarterback that flew out of town twice just to be there when Jeremiah Smith was there. And I know that really impressed Jeremiah and everyone close to him. So I think Florida, they're definitely right there near the top. I know Miami and FSU, they're right there too. 
So there's always that appeal of staying home and playing in Florida. Um, it, it, the way I look at his recruitment is, you know, Ohio State with Brian Hartline. I mean, Ohio State, there's not a better school in America producing wide receivers. So I mm-hmm. think, obviously, he loves Ohio State. That's where he's more, most comfortable. And I think he really likes the in-state school. So there's that love and that really like separator for me when I look at his recruitment. And I'm sure it's very hard. I'm sure he goes to Florida, he goes to Miami, and those relationships are very strong. And But as you get then when you get back home and you kind of look at the pros and cons of every school – he's having a difficult time kind of going away from Ohio state and understandably so. So I, I think right now, I think it's going to be very difficult to flip them. I know there's going to be probably some drama down the stretch, you know, some buzz with other schools thinking they have a real shot and anything can happen in recruiting, but you know, bearing any major surprises, I just have a you know difficult time seeing him flipping from Ohio state. Yeah. But as long as he has that, I am making a final decision date still in mind. Yeah. All the three big teams in the state of Florida will not back down. Yeah. All right, Corey, 22 commitments for the Gators already, and we're not even out of August yet. There's about four months to go. So I wanted to get your opinion on how you would grade the Gators 2024 class to this point. I would probably give it an A minus, and the reason I don't give it a flat out A yet, just because there's a, like we, I think we covered it pretty good with Jordan Seaton. Um, right. I think Florida's offensive line class is really good, but they can use another big signature piece. They arguably have the top linebacker class in the country. I mean, you have two five stars with DJ Lagway and he's Adrian for the same. So I think overall, I mean, it's hard to give a school a perfect A in recruiting unless you're number one. That's the way I kind of grade it. But I think an A minus class right now, top three in the country, and you haven't even played a game yet this fall. And look at the amount of kids on board, too. And I think another thing, Josh, a lot of these kids have said, you know, if Florida struggles a little bit in the fall, it's not going to be a situation where kids start taking visits and they start looking elsewhere. They want to be part of that rebuild process with Billy Napier, and it's a very tight-knit group. So I don't see too much drama as far as maybe guys flipping down the road if Florida does struggle. But there's still about a handful of guys left on the board. And I think if you're a Florida fan, you got to be really uh, excited and happy with uh, what Billy Napier's staff has done to this point. Absolutely. Wardell Mack commits to the Gators on Monday. They just keep rolling a top three class. Corey Bender, thanks for stopping by the inside scoop talking Gators recruiting. Yeah, thanks, Josh. We got Miami Hurricanes flip action over the weekend. Miami flip four-star edge Elias Rudolph from Michigan. Miami recruiting is waking up as summer comes to a close. Kane's now sitting inside the top 20 at number 19. Let's bring on Azubi Charles from Kane Sport. Azubi, a final push for five-star David Stone. He's set to make his decision in 10 days. A lot of people are penciling him into Oklahoma's class, but it sounds like Miami has not faded. What do you think the Kane's chances are as we're just about 10 days out? Yeah, for a long time, I was with everyone thinking kind of Oklahoma was running away with this one. But after talking to Stone and IMG's media day on Friday, I'm kind of thinking Miami's, you know, kind of creeping up on them and making some noise right now. With Miami, they're kind of pulling out all the little things, the little stops to try to get David Stone to commit to the Hurricanes. When I spoke with him, they made a cool graphic for his six-year-old brother's first day of school, you know, saying, hey, dominate first grade, congratulations on, you know, being in first grade and those are the little things Miami's trying to do to make sure David Stone feels a part of the family and make sure they're connected with his family. When I asked David Stone, you know, what's the biggest draw for you to Miami? And he said family. He says, if I call my mom right now, she's probably on the phone with one of the Miami staff members. So Miami's really, really letting David Stone he's wanted in Miami and letting his family know that they're welcome to Miami too. So I feel like Miami's making up a lot of ground right now. 
honestly, I think Oklahoma's kind of still in the lead, but I'm not, you know, shooting Miami out of this picture at all. And, you know, come the 26th, it's be very interesting where Davis still lands. But I really do Miami – I really do think Miami has a fighting chance to land, you know, one of the top prospects in the country. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, the, the signs all pointed to Oklahoma for much of the offseason, but – Miami got that traction in the summer when they got David Stone on those back-to-back unofficial visits, hosted him on unofficial, and now putting on that full-court press about 10 days out. Now, we got one coming up this weekend, a big one. Four-star defensive lineman Cam Franklin, who's a top 50 overall prospect, is going to make his announcement on Saturday. Miami's involved. Now, Ole Miss and Tennessee, they were maybe the favorites early on, but it seems like they faded. Azubi, do you see this as a two-team battle heading into Saturday, Auburn and Miami? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. And like you mentioned, Tennessee was a school that I was really high on kind of end of July heading into August. And then you see, you know, Miami start making the push. He comes back down to Miami for the fifth time, I believe, mm-hmm. in the last year. So, you know, momentum was kind of trending towards Miami. Then Auburn just comes out of nowhere recently. You know, Coach Freeze over there just landed TJ Lindsay, and they're hoping to land Kamara and Franklin. Yeah. Right now, I think all signs point to, you know, the Tigers win this matchup. But, you know, I don't think Miami's going to give up or at any means or kind of let off, you know, the Kamara and Franklin push. He's a guy that they really like. They worked out with him, I believe, at their Legends camp during July. So they really love him. He loves Miami. He's been down there five times, like I recently mentioned. But I do feel like Auburn kind of has that edge that really made that big push as of late. Regardless mm-hmm. of where Miami Franklin goes, I do think Miami's going to pursue until that early national signing day on December 21st. So Saturday is going to be a very interesting day if you ends up, you know, in Auburn, Miami. I just think this recruitment is far from over. Yeah, I agree. I think that he is a top priority for Miami. They've shown that throughout the summer. Let's move from one priority target to another. Safety Zaquan Patterson. He announces, not this weekend, but next week, either Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe. And this seems to be another Auburn-Miami battle. Yeah, Coach Freeze is making it real hard on, you know, Cristobal and, you know, company down there. For a long time, I really thought it was Michigan that was, you know, Miami's yeah. biggest competition was Juan Patterson. He went up there for a few times during the summer for unofficials. And like I said, it was Franklin, you know, Auburn's kind of coming out of left field and making a push for, you know, one of Miami's biggest targets in that 2024 class. And what they're doing is making his mom, you know, really comfortable with the program, showing her the ins and outs of what they do over there in Auburn. And that's kind of Zaquan's biggest thing. If his mom likes the program, he likes the program. And I spoke with him. I believe it was last month or late June, he said his mom is kind of going to be that biggest deciding factor for him. Auburn's showing her everything that she wants to see and it's going to make it really interesting down the stretch. Right now, I, stu- I still like Miami with Zaquan Patterson, a local guy that they've prioritized for a very long time now, but it's going to be very interesting to see how things come down when, when that decision day comes. And I think Auburn is making a real, real push for him. But like I said, I still like Miami right now at the moment with Zaquan Patterson. All right, now let's stay in the state of Florida. Zay Mincy and LJ McCray, two studs at Daytona Beach, Mainland High School. Now, LJ McCray is not going to make his decision till October, so let's set him aside for right now. But safety, Zay Mincy, rumors were flying all last weekend that Mincy was maybe ready to make a decision and was going to go in Miami's direction, but there was kind of silence as the weekend ended and nothing into the week. Do the Canes get it done, and when do you think he announces? So with Mincy, he recently, you know, visited Miami at the end of July for their big cookout. And 
kind of that's when momentum, you know, started heading in Miami's way, saying, hey, Mitzi, Mitzi might commit to Miami. Mitzi's thinking about pulling the trigger. But I think those, you know, kind of calmed down a little bit. That post-high visit kind of dimmed down a little bit. So I think it's really a battle between, you know, Florida, Florida State, and Bama with Mitzi. I can't really put a pinpoint on a date because, like I said, that post-high visit kind of died down a little bit with Mitzi. But there is interest from both sides. You know, if he keeps coming back to Miami, that's a good sign. The staff really likes him, and they think he's a versatile player. He's listed as a safety, but I think – they want to use him as kind of a cornerback, maybe, you know, just everywhere in that secondary. So with Mincy, I feel like it's kind of up in the air right now. You know, like I said, he keeps coming back to Miami, so that's a great sign. But I can't really put a pinpoint on a date where he, he's going to admit, but Miami's still kind of making that full court press for one of the top safeties in the class. All right. Let's talk about his teammate, LJ McCray. George has come on strong this summer, but he's not deciding until October. So what does Miami need to do to close and land LJ McCray? Yeah, my biggest thought when thinking about LJ McCray is getting him back on campus because he still has his official visit to Florida State during the season. Mm-hmm. And last time I spoke with him, he was just saying, you know, I'm not sure whether I'm going to visit anywhere else before that visit or not. So I feel like Miami's number one priority right now should be getting LJ McCray back on campus around Coach Taylor, around Coach Joe Salovey, around Coach Mario Cristobal, because that's going to be the biggest thing, you know. Show, Miami showing him what they can provide, what they can do for him to make him successful at that next level, just getting him back around the staff, getting him for a game day visit so he can see Hard Rock, so he can see the fans, so he can see everything Miami has to offer. So at the moment, I feel like the biggest thing Miami needs to do is to get LJ McCray back on campus, either before that official visit to Florida State or after that official visit to kind of have a lasting impression on him because his official visit was in June and it's been some time since then. So getting him back on campus, I think, should be Miami's number one priority if they want to make some noise and potentially land one of the top defensive linemen in the class. Well, speaking of making noise, Miami has some five-star flip targets in their sights. But before we get to that, Miami fans, do me a favor. Like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. We just crossed 100,000 subscribers. We want to thank you. And if you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button. All right. Who are we talking about five-star flips? We're talking about Ellis Robinson, the number one corner in the nation in wide receiver. Jeremiah Smith, also the number one player at his position. So Miami is not playing around with these flip targets. Let's start with Ellis Robinson, committed to Georgia, but he's had some a lot of contact and some visits to Miami this offseason. Where do you think things stand as we head into the season? Yeah, so I spoke with Ellis Friday at IMG's uh, media day and with him. He's always loved Miami. He's always loved Coach Cristobal. He's always loved Coach Jamil Adai, the defensive backs coach. But the biggest thing with him, and, you know, even I think that it's hard to flip, you know, someone from the two-time defending national championships coming off a 5-7 and seven season. And when I asked him, you know, what do you really want to see from the Hurricanes this year? He just said, I want to see them, you know, progress on the field and, you know, do better than they did last year pretty much because, like I said, it's very hard to, you know, try to – recruit against a team that just coming off back-to-back national championships. He loves Coach Adai. His family loves Miami, which is a very, very big thing. His dad is the big fan of the Hurricane staff and all that good stuff. So I feel like if Miami can produce on the field and kind of show, hey, we're taking that step in the right direction, that'll help their chances a lot with Ellis Robinson, who said he loves – he told me he loves it down in Miami. So Mm -hmm. Hurricanes, he's not closing the door on them. So I feel like a good season on the field this year will go a long way for Miami if they want to try to flip Ellis Robinson. Now we come to Jeremiah Smith, the number one wide receiver in the country, the five-star committed to Ohio State, and he's already said that he is going to make a quote-unquote final decision 
sometime in December before he early enrolls. So we know that nothing's going to happen anytime soon, but Jeremiah Smith has been taking visits. He went to all three schools in the state of Florida, Florida, Florida State, and Miami a number of times throughout the offseason. Uh, where do you think the Canes stand with him, though? So I feel like Miami's always going to be lingered in that picture for Jeremiah Smith. You know, a guy right in their backyard is Shamadon Madonna, a school that they recruit a lot, a school that they have his best friend committed to him wide receiver besides mm -hmm. Trader. And I feel like, like I said, I sound like a broken record, but until national signing day, until that pen hits paper, Miami's not going to let up on Jeremiah Smith. And like I said, I'm going to sound like a broken record again. If Miami can produce on the field and show Jeremiah Smith, hey, we can send guys to that next level at the wideout position. Our wideouts are among some of the best in the country. That'll give him something to think about. He's not, I feel like he's not even close to, you know, being done with his recruitment. He's enjoying mm -hmm. it. He's taking all the trips, you know, Florida, Florida State, all these schools in Florida around the country. So I feel like if Miami can produce and show prospects that, hey, if you come to Miami, you can be successful. We can send you to the league. That'll go a very long way for the Hurricanes this year. And I feel like Jeremiah Smith is right under that umbrella of prospects that want to see what Miami can do this year and moving on forward. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a big put up or shut up year for Miami. And if they go out there and they play well, I think they're going to land a lot of these guys that are still on the board right now. So this leads me to my last question. What do you feel is Miami's biggest remaining need left to fill in the 24 cycle? So I'd have to go with two position groups on the defensive side of the ball. I'll start with safety. You know, right now Miami has arguably the best safety duo in the country with Cam Kitchens and All-American and James Williams. But after this year, those two guys are gone and the depth in that position room is, you know, kind of lacking. So I feel like with Miami going after guys like Saquon Patterson and Zay Mincy, and they have two guys committed right now in Dylan Day and Isaiah Thomas, safety is kind of one of the biggest position groups that Miami needs to fill in the cycle. And then kind of switching over to the defensive line. Right now we have two really good edge rushers in Elias Rudolph and Marquise Lightfoot. But in the interior, they're kind of lacking with that. You know, they're going to lose Leonard Taylor, who's projected to go to the draft this year. Branson mm -hmm. Dean, another guy that's on his last year of eligibility. Right now they have Artavius Jones committed out of um, – uh, Bluntstown in Florida, four-star guy that they really, really like. But they really do want to bring more guys to solidify that middle of the defense and the trenches up front. So the guys like David Stone, Aiden Breland, and, you know, a bunch of other guys, you know, that play in the interior of the defensive line, I feel like just those two position groups are the biggest, you know, needs and wants Miami's focused on right now in this 24 cycle. Yeah. Filling out the trenches, always a major need. Cam Franklin announces his decision Saturday. We'll see. Will it be Auburn? Will it be Miami? Azubi Charles is on Kane Sport talking recruiting all day, every day. Azubi, thanks for stopping by today on the Inside Scoop. Thank you for having me. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.